No more sticks, no more stones, it's harmless phosphorescence! Everyone, this is Throw Smiley, and I have special glasses now. Who's joining me this week? I'm Josh Cece, and if we do not fight to the death, Kurt, they will kill us both. I'm Brian Lesh, but you may know me as... Who the fuck are you? A child stumbling in the dark. I'm Alaric Weber. <laughs> and this... Uh, this is Harmless Phosphorescence. It's the podcast where we watch every theatrically released full-length live-action superhero movie ever made. We gather some research into the production and the source material, and we tell you all about it. This show is brought to you by our patrons. Patrons like executive producers Michael Beck with an Atticus Burkett. You can be a patron, too. Just head over to patreon.com slash harmlessentertainment. We've got lots of bonus content there. We do monthly movies. It's only a buck a month to get started on that bad boy. And uh, this month, we're going to be bringing Point Break to you, so... Head over patreon.com slash harmless entertainment. This week, though, on Harmless Phosphorescence, we are going to be watching X-Men Apocalypse. Things are better. The world is better. Just because there's not a war doesn't mean there's peace. He's coming. Some call him Apocalypse. He was some kind of god. For thousands of years, he's been amassing mutants to take their powers. He always had four followers. Like the four horsemen. Eric, don't join them. Whatever it is you think you saw in me, I buried it with my family. Together, we will cleanse the earth. Everything they've built will fall! And from the ashes of their world, we'll build a better one! I've never felt power like this before. Ah! They took him. Raven, the world needs the X-Men. I'm not a hero. Students look up to you. If I'm going to teach your kids something, I'm going to teach them how to fight. Me. To her. I'm not afraid of him. Magneto, he's my father. What? Him and my mom, they did. No, I know. Not all of us can control our powers. Then don't. Apocalypse means to destroy this world. It's all of us against a god and the most powerful beings on earth. students anymore. We'll take everything from them. You're X-Men. Well, you've been busy. We had a little help. X-Men, a
released uh, May 27th, 2016. Uh, with a running time of 144 minutes, it cost $178 million and took in $543.9 million. So it was a hit, but not a runaway hit. Thoreau, I'm sorry. I just can't get over that you're sitting in front of Cerebro. <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever felt power like this before? <laughs> what? Yes, once. <laughs> Because Chuck has felt it over and over, but he loves to say it. Yeah, I, well, I mean, I have, but I generally keep that in my private life. <laughs> I've never felt power. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, God, yeah. Um, X-Men Apocalypse. Uh, it did all right, but it was a little bit, bit of a disappointment at the box, box office. office but but um, that does bring us, in fact, to... The box office top 10 game. This is the game where I will describe the movies of the week of May 27th, 2016. Using the box office mojo descriptions, except where I don't. Um, and uh, well then the guys here are going to try to guess what... <laughs> God damn it, Al. We're going to try to guess what we're talking... What movie I'm describing. Or Brian. Sorry, Brian. <laughs> uh, for all of our uh, at-home people in the private chat, Brian just asked if Josh was broadcasting straight from the toilet. Yeah. The answer is yes. <laughs> he does every week. That is clearly a shower curtain. That's right. It is, yeah. He was right. <laughs> Game of Thrones. Uh, uh, so, all right, you guys ready to play the box office top ten? And game? I think I just heard Andrea laughing live from the <laughs> other room. <laughs> you did. I'm ready to play the game. <laughs> yeah, let's get into it. We should do a side uh, game. Which of these movies did Josh poop during? <laughs> <laughs> the first time I watched, or yeah, or currently, the theater, obviously. Well, yeah. the theater bathroom, I hope, but yeah. I'm trying to get my own Rotten Tomatoes thing going. Two, two turds. <laughs> Three. All right, I'm sorry. Uh, so, all right. Um, let's see. Uh, some of these we've talked about before since 2016 had a glut of superhero movies, so I'm going to skip around. Um, opening at number 18. Oh, wow. I have no idea what this is. Anand and Anasaya meet each other on a train ride. The two eventually fall in love and have to fight for their relationship. Are we supposed Did to you know just pick 18 a... at random? Yeah. Uh, it's because yeah, okay. it's no, no, it's because it's opening this week. Oh, OK. Opening at number 18. Yeah. yeah. Um, who do they have to fight? Say they're... <laughs> Everyone on the train? Anand and Anastaya? Anand and Anasoya. (laughs) I have never heard of this. I doubt you guys have. um, Murder on the Orient Express? It's called A. Ah. A space AA is the title of this film. A. Ah. Wonder okay. how many people put it on expecting to see like car repair information. Right. The triple A movie. Uh yeah, so um 
Batman v Superman. This is about two months after its release is at number 15, which is interesting because uh, at number 10, we still have Zootopia, which opened before that. Wow. Zootopia yeah. was big. Yeah. What is that? No furries, man. <laughs> yeah. They, <laughs> they come out for it, I guess. <laughs> There's not a lot of product for them. And uh, a tasty juice drink. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember? Isn't that what that was called? Fruitopia. Oh, Fruitopia. fruit. I'd like to see a Zootopia uh, uh, sequel called Fruitopia. That's the same kind of idea, but with fruit instead of animals. <laughs> like there's yeah. a bunch of grapes that has to fight crime. Didn't Seth Rogen make a movie like that? Oh! Sausage Party. Yeah! Which was super violent and sexual. Oh my yeah. god, hard R. Hard R. Yeah. Um, at number nine, uh, Lady Susan Vernon takes up temporary residence at her in-law's estate. And while there, is determined to be a matchmaker for her daughter, Frederica, and herself, too, naturally. <laughs> we are definitely... Wow. Um, with Kate, Beck Kate Beckinsale and... Uh, I have no idea who is. This is this the matchmaker's daughter? No, it's called... How to Lose My Interest in 10 Seconds. <laughs> I can't picture Kate Beckinsale outside of a uh, Van Helsing outfit. Yeah, right? Latex leather. Yeah. Uh, but no, no, no. She's she's in full-on uh, bustle and and Victorian oh. hat. Is it's it called Pride and Prejudice? No, it's... No, no. It's not Pride and Prejudice. It's Love and Friendship. <laughs> which... It's the, the opposite of Brighton. Yeah. Oh, God. Uh, coming in at number eight. Financial TV host Lee Gates and his producer Patty are put in an extreme situation when an irate investor takes them and their crew as hostage. Oh, we got a Clooney and a Roberts in this bad boy. Wow. That's George and Julia, by the way. Julia Clooney and George Roberts. Uh, the title of the film is Another Movie I Missed. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the, ti yeah, the, ti yeah, the title of the film is Movies for Dads. Um, it's oh. called Money Monster. Whoa. Money Monster. Uh, at numbers, <laughs> I said that like a Johnny Carson bit. Money Monster. <laughs> Money Monster. Uh, number seven. In 1970s Los Angeles, a mismatched pair of private eyes investigate a missing girl and the mysterious death oh. of a porn star. This is Simon a, and Simon. <laughs> the nice guys. Yeah. yeah. Russell Crowe and Ryan Gosling. A Shane Black movie. It's pretty good. Yeah, I watched it recently. It made me laugh quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Great character. Um, uh, number six we already had. It's about oh, the, a kid in the... the I was gonna say the kid in that movie is the the news host from all the Spider-Man movies. Yes. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. It's fun to see her actually act. I was really surprised because I was thinking of her as like reading newscaster lines. She's great in that as like a twelve-year-old kid. Um, she was really good in the show on HBO with Kate Winslet, the um, uh, mayor of Easttown. Oh, I didn't even realize that was her. That, yeah, she, plays she was her good, and she's really good. Yeah, uh, wow. Yeah, that was really good. Wow. Um, 
Yeah, number six is a kid in the jungle. Jungle, jungle book. book. Yeah. Um, Concrete jungle. <laughs> <laughs> jungle jungle kate and alice uh, number five uh when their new next door residents turn out to be a sorority even more debaucherous than the fraternity previously living there mac and kelly team with their former enemy teddy to bring the girls down neighbors too yeah uh the the subtitle to that is sorority rising <laughs> Skywalker. Uh, I don't know about the second. I don't know about the second one, but the first one was amusing. Um, I actually didn't see either of them. Rose Byrne is a very um, talented comedian. She's in this movie, mm -hmm. but anyway. Yeah. So, um, number what are we on? Number uh, four. Political involvement in their affairs causes a rift between two friends. MAGA, the movie. <laughs> Is this that John Stewart movie? No. <laughs> this. Any guess, Al? No. Um, Captain America: Civil War. Oh, still? Yes. Still wow. at number four. It was. It made a billion and a half Wait. dollars. Say your description again. Political involvement in their affairs causes a rift between two friends. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> number three. Um, <laughs> when an island populated by happy, flightless animals is <laughs> visited. <laughs> you mean humans? Happy feet? Happy flightless animals. No, it's visited by mysterious green pigs. It's up to three unlikely outcasts to figure out what they're up to. Yeah. Is this Angry Birds? Uh, Angry Birds. The Angry Birds movie, yes. Oh, so my Other Lord. than birds, that description explains everything else out there. Flightless yeah. animals. Flightless animal. Once I said, I was trying to avoid saying flightless birds because right. it was in the title. I was like, it was a flightless rhinoceros. Very rare. <laughs> a featherless biped. Um, at number two, uh, opening this week at number two, a young girl returns to a whimsical world and travels back in time to help her friend. Wrinkle in time. No, no, that was that that would fit it though, wouldn't it? That was a bad movie. I wanted to like it so much, but Wrinkle in Time was terrible. Yeah. I love the book. I just oh god, that movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, no, I grew up reading the book and the sequels, but that movie that came out what it was it, sixteen, seventeen, whenever it came out, that was bad. So she travels in. This is a Tim Burton joint. It's a sequel, you said. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Alice in Wonderland oh. Return to Through Wonderland. the Looking Glass. Alice Through the Looking Glass. Yeah, those are those are oh. I has Tim Burton made a good movie since like two thousand two? No. <laughs> Not that I can recall. <laughs> yeah. What did he make in two thousand two? Uh um the Big Fish. I, I thought Big Fish was pretty decent. 
It was okay, but yeah, it was the tipping point. And then he did like Dark Shadows. And... Mm. The yeah. Alice movies, Dumbo, like, yeah, I don't know. No thanks. Um, and at number one this week in the 1980s, teenagers fight Egyptians. <laughs> Stargate is that, class is of 85. Really accurate? Well, teenagers fight an Egyptian. Oh, 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 uh, Apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, X-Men Apocalypse. Is it? Yes, yeah. It's our last movie. Yes, it is. Uh, yeah. The actual description is, in the 1980s, the X-Men must defeat an ancient, all-powerful mutant named Ensabanur, who intends to thrive through bringing destruction to the world. He intends to thrive. He's 30, flirty, and thriving. <laughs> they give his Egyptian name. I know. <laughs> Who are you selling this to? Uh, um, that is subtitled "How Apocalypse Got His Groove Back." That is our box office top ten, which brings us to. The uh, character and comic book background, Mr. Alaric Weber. Please but it tell actually us. Is about how he got his groove. <laughs> and then lost he it. Use his life force, but yeah. 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 <laughs> um, comics. Hey, Apocalypse. He's from the comics. Yeah. Hey, that guy. <laughs> um. Well. Apocalypse now or apocalypse then? Then. <laughs> apocalypse now-ish. 1980-ish. 1986, in fact. June of 1986 uh, was when we got our first glimpse of Apocalypse in X-Factor number five. Created by writer Louise Simonson and artist Jackson... Uh, Brown. Guise. Jackson Guise. <laughs> guys i don't know it's like juice with a with a g uh but anyway jackson jackson juice with the g Juichi, maybe. Um, jackson juice would be a great name for some sort of film character by the way um uh, apocalypse got his first full appearance in x-factor number six july of 1986 X-Factor was a reteaming of the original X-Men, Cyclops, Jean Grey, Beast, Iceman, and Angel. After the X-Men had branched out internationally, gotten all the others. Well, yeah, after Giant Size. Yeah, uh, introduced at, all exactly, there. after Giant Size. Um, uh, Storm and uh the colossus and wolverine yeah. yeah all those um so yeah x-factor uh brought the original team back together the first five issues of x-factor were written by bob layton who dropped hints of a villain operating behind the scenes and leading the alliance of evil layton intended this villain to be daredevil villain the owl yeah the owl. Mm. Everybody the remember owl. the owl? <laughs> I kind of do. He had the Who? same hairdo as Wolverine, which is very <laughs> He <popular>. did. <laughs> he did. 
uh, kind of like an owl. Uh, when Layton left the book and was replaced by Louise Simonson, editor Bob Harris communicated to Simonson that he wanted an A-list Magneto-level villain to up the stakes and give X-Factor a reason to exist as a team again. Apocalypse was the first mutant virtually immortal and saw himself as the father of mutant kind. He lived by the credo of survival of the fittest, killing off the weak and forcing the survivors to grow stronger. The weak, including most of non-mutant humankind. <laughs> the muggles. <laughs> right. Um, oh, dang it. <sighs> okay, I can't find it. Uh, Apocalypse was a genius level intellect. <laughs> super genius. Uh, he had superhuman strength, speed, stamina, endurance, agility, and senses. Could manipulate energy and matter. Could fly. Had telekinesis and telepathy and teleportation. And he had the ability to augment, manipulate, or steal the powers of other mutants and cosmic beings. And he won the Great British Bake Off. Yes, he did. <laughs> with his lemon snickety. <laughs> mm. uh, um, uh, uh, sorry, uh, I... I forgot that I wrote more. Apocalypse would routinely recruit four mutants, willingly or forcibly, to serve as his four horsemen. The first 20th century group included the Morlock Plague as pestilence, ex-soldier Abraham Lincoln Kiros as war, the anorexic Autumn Rolfson as famine, and saving a dewinged angel from an exploding plane would make Warren Worthington III his archangel of death, genetically altering him to turn his skin blue and giving him metal wings, which could cut through nearly anything and had projectile metal feathers. So Angel is the only original of the four horsemen to be seen in this movie. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I'm guess... glad they dropped the, the anorexic Rolfson <laughs> character, Autumn, Autumn Rolfson. Yeah. yeah, that name really does not follow the comic book convention of uh, like alliteration. alliteration or rolling off the tongue in any way. <laughs> well, it turns it turns out she's the uh, daughter of Rolf the dog. Hmm. <laughs> Why they didn't me. name her Autumn Rolf's daughter? I don't know. Instead of Rolf's <laughs> son. <laughs> She's not German. That's totally a German name. Rolfson. Uh, Norwegian. Says you. Says me. <laughs> um, uh, so yeah. Uh, Apocalypse was uh, the X Factor big bad for a, for a while. Um, then they killed him at some point and then he came back because he's freaking immortal and would, uh, wreak some more havoc here and there. Um, uh, he would pop up from time to time. 
They they kept killing him. He kept coming back. He's he's nearly a god. I don't know. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Caliban, we saw in this movie, created by Chris Claremont and Dave Cockrum, first appeared in Uncanny X-Men number 148, August of 1981. He had the abilities to sense and track other mutants and to manipulate fear. He's in Logan. Yeah. He's taking care That's of it. Professor. I forgot about that. Yeah, Stephen Merchant. Um, Caliban became death at death of Apocalypse's horsemen after Archangel's de- defection from the group. So, yeah, Archangel took off Kept his metal wings, and uh, Caliban learned became to the fly. New <laughs> learned to fly again. He learned to live so free. Yeah, Caliban um, sadly underused in this film. Mm. Psylocke. In this film, Caliban, I kept expecting him to be like, "It's astounding. Time is fleeting." <laughs> Riffraff, totally. Um, Psylocke, created by Chris Claremont, uh, first appeared in Captain Britain number eight back in December of 1976. <laughs> the twin sister of Captain Britain himself, Brian Braddock. Um, her name was Betsy Braddock. Betsy was integrated into the X-Men franchise in 1986, officially adopting the codename Psylocke for her psychic abilities. In 1989, Betsy is kidnapped by the Hand. Everybody remember the Hand? Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Uh, Brainwashed and physically altered to an East Asian appearance. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. So she could oh, get no. into MIT easier. Or... <laughs> oh. I suppose. Yeah. So yeah, she's because she's a big weeb. She's, <laughs> she she was the brother of Captain Britain. So uh, I don't know. Probably very white with bad teeth. <laughs> I'm sorry, Britain. I'm sorry. Is it? It's not your fault, though. I'm, sorry, I'm not Britain. sorry. This is... Yeah. Old I'm not joke. sorry. Britain Britain can take it. Old bad <laughs> joke. Been... You, you, can, you can take it, Britain. Uh, in 1989, <laughs> Betsy's kid, kidnapped by the hand, brainwashed, physically altered to an East Asian appearance. She becomes a master assassin with the new ability to focus her telepathic power into a psychic knife. In 1993, it was established that this was all the result of a body swap with the assassin Quanon. <laughs> An East Asian assassin. Body swap. Like, so like was so crazy. Well, well. Uh, Psylocke. Uh, um, uh, she's, Psylocke has been an established X-Men character for 30 years or more. Mm-hmm. She'd been around. That's all I got. That's all right. Thank you, Al, for bringing us up to date on the 
background of our new guys, our new our new X Men and women. <laughs> so delightful. Uh, uh, so uh, that brings us to the production background and the production background too. Um, this movie was once again directed by Brian Rapist Singer. It was. Um, written by Simon Kinberg, Brian Singer, Michael Doherty, and uh, Dan Harris, all people who we have spoken of previously. Isn't Simon um, Kinberg the guy from Big Bang Theory? Proceed, Simon, I'll look it up. Simon Kinberg? Yeah. I don't think so. Well, maybe. I don't know. We've talked about him a few, quite a few times because he's done most of the X-Men ones. Okay, he's um, not. Sorry for the interruption. Um, so uh, we have spoken about all of those writers before, so we don't need to bring anything new into this. Our cast, we have a lot of returning people. James McAvoy back as Professor X. Michael Fassbender back as Magneto. Jennifer Lawrence back as Mystique. Nicholas Holt as Hank McCoy. He is delightful on The Great, by the way, if you're not Watching the great, you probably should. The, um, the grape, the, the great, <laughs> the great, as in Catherine the Great. Oh, um, it's on Hulu. Yeah, Oscar Isaac joins us as Apocalypse. We we talked about him on our uh, Star Wars podcast, available at Patreon.com/slash Harmless Entertainment. Uh, but we haven't spoken about him on this show before. Um, his early films include Body of Lies, the 2010 Robin Hood. Um, he was in Drive in 2011. Inside Lewin Davis, he was great in that. I, um, I can't picture him as a real person. <laughs> um, He's X fantastic. Magna. He's a great actor. Yeah, and of course, yeah, um, and of course, he was a uh, Poe in the uh, sequel trilogy, Star Wars sequel trilogy. Um, oh wait, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Poe Dameron is that his name? Yeah, Poe No Dameron. shit. So you didn't put that together? Al? No. No, I oh, did not I put that, that together. Happening oh live. Coming to and you. I, I'm with Brian. It's hilarious that they kept him his real size. They didn't even give him lips or anything. You know, yeah, they put supposed to be big. They put Robert Downey Jr. in pumps the entire MCU. <laughs> like, every time Tom Cruise is in a movie, they put him in pumps. Yeah, I think... Um, Fastbender's taller than Isaac. Yeah, it was just. Yeah, oh, yeah. There are scenes where they're acting across from each other, and all I could think was, "Yeah, you're not, you're not tall enough. You're not tall enough for this. What is happening? It's distracting immediately." Yeah. It really is. It is. Um, Andrea uh, pointed out that uh, Oscar Isaac is Guatemalan, so uh, <laughs> she's claiming him for the Latinos in the race uh, draft. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We've got Rose Byrne back as Moira McTaggart. Evan Peters as uh, Peter Maximoff. Josh Hellman as Colonel William Stryker. We, Sophie Turner. All those were returning. Sophie Turner comes on as Jean Grey. Uh, Sophie Turner. Her real name, I just now saw this, is Sophie Belinda Jonas. Oh, she's married to a Jonas. Is she's married to a Jonas brother? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, Joe Jonas. Okay, I was unaware so, of this. So she was a Turner and now is a Jonas. Okay. Oh, Nae Turner. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah, best known as Sansa Stark, of course, from Game of Thrones. Um, 
She most of her work outside of uh, the X Men and Game of Thrones is not very well known. She was in something called Time Freak, something called Barely Lethal. Um, she's not very good. Um, well, she's English and she does a terrible American accent. She's That's got great teeth, though. Talking about. Yeah. Oh yeah, she does, does have looks, great teeth. Um, great she was. Perfect as Sansa Stark. Yeah, she was Maybe great there. So. Um, she was not good, good at one thing. She was not good in this because that's what her character was. Because <laughs> she was who the character was anyway. Yeah, sorry. yeah. I've just yeah. I've never liked her. Anyway. Yeah, I mean she's yeah she's she's not great as Jean Grey <laughs> for sure. Uh, Ty Sheridan <laughs> comes on as Scott Summers Cyclops. Uh, Ty Sheridan, uh, he's the dude from Ready Player One. Um, oh, he was in Tree of Life. Okay, that was his first movie. Was Tree of Life? Wow, what a first movie. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, he was in the uh, Stanford Prison Experiment in 2015. Um, I wish he was in the original one. That would be so. Oh good. God. <laughs> Yeesh. Uh. Whew. Yeah, but uh, oh, Crow the Legend, which was a short film. Um, we'll see him again in Deadpool 2 and Dark Phoenix. Um, that's that's about it. He doesn't have a whole lot going on. Um, let's see. Lucas Till is back as Havoc. We have Cody Smith McGee as our new Nightcrawler. Uh, he was, let's see, he was a uh, got to start in the road. He was the kid in the road, hmm. which is, oof. I never need to watch that movie ever again. Um, Oh, he was the voice of Paranorman. He was in Dawn of Planet of the Apes. Wow, I did not know this kid was that guy. Okay. Um, let's see. After this, he went on to be an alpha. We'll see him again, of course, in Dark Phoenix. Um, he, uh, oh, and he was in. You got nominated for Golden Globe for The Power of the Dog. Um, ben Hardy as Angel. Uh, he, let's see, he was Roger Taylor in Bohemian Rhapsody. Um, he's probably That's where best I recognized him from. I, I yeah. couldn't stick where I saw him before. Uh, yeah. what, did, what did Roger Taylor play in the bank? Drums. Okay, right. thanks. Yeah. Um, he was. Uh, I know Freddie Mercury and Brian May, and that that that's it. Yeah, the other two guys are like, hey, the other two guys. Um, <laughs> we I got, should watch. I should watch the movie and figure it out. Eh, I don't know. I don't it's think it's not a, a good movie. You, you can also right. read the liner notes on an album. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and honestly, honestly, read the liner notes on an album and like watch the Bohemian Rhapsody music video, and you've gotten. At more than I got out of the movie. Yeah. And just watch the live at Wembley Stadium and you will enjoy yourself. Yes. Early. Far more. Yeah, absolutely. And you also um, don't have to see uh, what's his name's weird uh, dental prosthesis. Ugh. <laughs> I mean, I felt like he did a good job, but yeah. Yeah. He was Brian fine. Singer, right? Brian Singer? Oh, no. He walked off set, but he was oh. originally. No, no, no. Brian, well, no, no. Well, Brian Singer directed, but then. Like that's right when all of this was all of his Me Too stuff was breaking. So he 
he technically I don't he didn't remove his name, but like there was something well, with that. The way he fled I heard the it country or something. Yeah, something. I don't know. He he had he said he had to leave set for a week or two to deal with some personal stuff, and he went to L.A. and then he never came back to set. Mm, I think that's. I think maybe he was asked not to come back because of the Me Too stuff. It, sure. I I know there was something with Me Too during that period. I don't know how. It oh all yeah, 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 yeah. I was yeah. just. It just occurred to me, Brian Singer. Brian Singer. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Brian Singer. Um, but uh. Yeah, uh, let's see. Ben Hardy, probably best known as Peter Beale from EastEnders, at least for those Brits with their teeth. Um, uh, Yeah, Alexandra Ship as Storm. Uh, Let's see. Alexandra Ship is she was. um, Oh, she played Aaliyah in the Aaliyah 2014 biopic. Um, She was in Straight Outta Compton. A crazy motherfucker named Alexandra Ship. Um, <laughs> that was a good one. Uh, I so I don't I don't traffic too heavily in like Hollywood relationship rumors, but do you guys know about her and McAvoy? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I guess he left his wife for this young woman. Oh no! <laughs> during the Oof. making of this movie. Oh, I remember reading that, and yeah, it's made it really hard to like not just see that the whole time. I'm like, oh That's my god. Too- Two examples because um, Mulaney left his wife for Olivia Munn, who is oh yeah, love. <laughs> oh that's right. Wow, good, good those for them. horse those horse women. Oh, get yeah, you. you know we don't know why people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it was just really interesting. I was like, so th- during the filming of this movie that happened, holy shit. Yeah. Wow. Uh, <laughs> she oh she was also Susan in Tick Tick Boom. That was good if you guys haven't seen that, if you are in, at all interested in musicals. Um, oh, she's from Phoenix. Hmm. Anyway, so uh, then we've got Olivia Munn as Psylocke. Uh, let's see. She she kind of got her start on a, a Attack of the Show and The Daily Show. The Daily Show is where I first saw her. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> she's hilarious. Uh, yeah, oh, she's yeah. A great I think player. she is so funny. Mm-hmm. Except yeah. for in this movie. Yeah, she was kind of wasted in this movie, honestly. I don't know. She has like three know. lines and she looks mad the whole time. Yeah. And like, I mean, go her for getting a paycheck, but like real, real wasted role. I feel like um, everybody was underutilized. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Well, and it was still two and a half hours long. I mean, this is a fucking movie. Um, and Olivia I, on a court. Oh, yeah. sorry. I was just going to mention the newsroom, um, which I really oh, liked. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. She was in the newsroom. Yeah. That was great. Yeah, she was one of the better parts, just with like the really dry, intelligent humor. Mm-hmm. Um, and rounding out uh, the rest of the notable cast, we have Carolina Bartzak as Magda. That's Magneto's wife. Um, she is best known for, well, for this, it seems. <laughs> uh, she additionally was the voice of Alfred Hedgehog in The, mis- the Mysteries of Alfred Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> all of that confused me yeah she was also let's see she was in smurfs too um yeah i don't know she doesn't seem to have oh she was in moonfall huh um did a lot of uh, video game voice work it looks like yeah so um but mostly she's a hedgehog <laughs> that... <laughs> a non-sonic 
breed. Yes, of the non-sonic variety. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> I was like, she's not a real hedgehog. He's about to break this case wide open. No, I just discovered that Ali Sheedy was in this movie. Oh, yeah, what? she's the teacher. Yeah, the she's Scott's, oh my Scott's God, I d- teacher. I didn't I d- even see it. I did not Which there's a funny her. point about her, but I'll wait. Yeah, that's her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. I did not recognize her. Um, all right. It, she, that, it was too quick. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, this movie has 47% on Rotten Tomatoes, and that is the end of the production and review notes. Guys, you ready to jump into the movie itself? Yeah, yeah. Are you ready to jump into my mind? Yeah, please. <laughs> Always, Al. Always. Please trap me in this pyramid for a few hours. Yeah. Uh, uh, here we go. This is X Men Apocalypse. We open with a voiceover from Professor X. Yet again. Another and another yeah. weird CGI tunnel yeah. DNA oh, thing. Oh, no, 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 no. Wait, wait. We'll get well, to not that. DNA. that. Egyptian. Yeah. His, well, well, it was, yeah, it was well, a history well, tunnel. Yeah, yeah, that's what I will get to that. We're in Egypt first. <laughs> we'll get I to guess the, we history take the history tunnel to the rest of the movie. Yes, <laughs> we start in Egypt. We have the whole thing where Apocalypse is being worshipped as a god pharaoh. He enters a pyramid. Uh, Thirty six hundred BCE. I thought that was interesting that they chose uh, before Common Era instead of before Christ. Yeah. Oh, because this I is mean, it, an anti-Christian film, Al. <laughs> yes, the mothers of America should boycott it. Um, <laughs> I thought they loved the apocalypse. I thought they're gearing <laughs> up. They are. They just they just never pictured him being tall and purple. Yeah, but he's from he's from the Middle East. It's a big misconception. Oof. Well, technically, uh, Egypt is Africa. Fair. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, which so, which right. makes it even worse for them. I'm Geographically, sure. Egypt is Africa. Culturally, it's Middle East, basically. <laughs> um, so, all right, he gets ambushed by some humans. They make the pyramid collapse. He gets saved by the chick who makes <laughs> the rocks not fall on him. Uh, uh, like, oh, well, no, we, that was our best pyramid. <laughs> we see him initially as an elderly apocalypse. Yeah. yeah. He's, He's all old and wrinkly. Energy. Yeah, he hasn't had his groove reinvigorated for a while. Yeah, yeah. and uh, those were his uh, thirty six hundred BCE horsemen. Yeah. Yes. Right. Um, that were uh, revered as Egyptian gods. And were they like- his offspring? I mean, he's the first mutant. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Did he I- genetically modify humans that were strong or something, or were, did they exist? Oh, yeah, yeah. and then they find Oscar Isaac, and Oscar Isaac, they cut him, and he heals, and they're like, all right, you're good. We'll stick you in him. But um, also, like, I just want to say right off the bat, the CGI in this movie seemed more like 2009 CGI than 2016. Oh, there are Ooh. moments in this movie where the seams just reveal themselves completely. It was bad-looking CGI. Sometimes um, not not so bad. Sometimes not, not really always. bad. 
Yeah. Yeah. But some. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 It was very uneven. There were times when it was terrible. Yeah. Times when it was passable. There were um, entire I, like sequences that felt unfinished. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I would point out that the chick that makes the force field that saves them from the rocks. She does that. The rocks mm-hmm. fall on the force field. Then her force field goes away and the rocks continue to not fall on him. Oh, because they got not... all wedged up against each other, I assume. Yeah, I guess. But it really didn't look like that. There were some right in the middle that were just on the force field. Yep. I don't know. The whole thing was sloppy as fuck. Sloppy, sloppy movie. Um, <laughs> sloppy, like, never mind. I'm. Uh, <laughs> he's... I was about to say something really offensive. Uh, so uh, <laughs> Sloppy <laughs> like a Joe. <laughs> there you go, Al. Uh, so, all right. He is uh, buried in the rubble and just takes a little nappy poo for a while. <laughs> well, we... and he's now invulnerable, I guess, so he can heal forever. Yeah. yeah. Just nap. Just nap. He's a tired. He's tuckered out. <laughs> so... Uh, he uses a lot of powers in this movie. I just wanted to say he first thing is he has he uses the conscience consciousness transference, his ability to put himself into other people's bodies. That's the first power we ever see him use. Mm-hmm. But he needs a device to do that. Yeah, and the sun apparently the sun yeah. and the device and magic gold <laughs> and a pinch yes. of paprika. Yeah, magic gold that's kind of vaguely in the shape of like like a um like a computer. Circuits, yeah, circuitry, totally. Yeah, and you got yourself from Paprikash. <laughs> <laughs> you got yourself a stew, <laughs> baby. Uh, so we, yeah, now we get the credit sequence. We travel through the history tunnel, uh, to 1983. We we passed Nazis, we, we passed. They literally showed a swastika and the hammer and sickle symbols. I yeah. guess to show that we had been through these moments in X-Men movies, but it was really weird. Like mm-hmm. that's, that's not the only way to show the cold war and world war two. And also why a history tunnel? <laughs> why a goddamn history? Tunnel? Why that sequence again? That's why I was comparing singer to Snyder. Like they're so unwilling to move at all from their stupid vision. <laughs> well, yeah. And it's like, it's like, he was like, tunnels are big when I made the first X-Men. I'm going to keep going with tunnels. Just keep going with that. And a voiceover from Professor X. Experience. Oh, my God. Every single Another... time. It's like the pearls in Batman. It's like, we yeah. know, bro. It's like the sixth movie. And it's always like, it's always, Professor X is always like, mutants, they do a thing and everyone doesn't like them. Who are we to say what is good and what is bad? Ooh. Like, it's nature. It's always, like, Sorry. Always, Give them powers beyond imagination, and they may think they're meant to rule the world. It's always gibberish bullshit that just vaguely kind of connects thematically to the movie. It it Uh, isn't deep, but it feels deep. Right. Right. Yes. Um, So uh, after the credit sequence, we meet Scott Summers in high school. He apparently gets in trouble for keeping his eyes closed. For having, for, he, he gets in trouble for having ringworm or something. I don't know. <laughs> Pink eye. Blinking. Pink eye, yeah. Pink eye. Yeah, and we got a little bit of poop in there. And that's what I was going to say about Ali Sheedy. She, um, you know, Scott's like, can I go to the bathroom? And she sighs and is like, 
Yes, and then you can go to the principal's office. And before, from just as she finishes that sentence, the bell rings. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody walks while well, she has him sit there for a second. Yeah, you know hey, what I wait mean? a minute. It's like, God why are you punishing it. him? It's about to be over. <laughs> it's just weird. And he clearly is having some sort of physical distress about the eyes. Yeah. Like, yeah, he even says so. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so he goes in the... Uh, the bathroom and develops his eye beams. I just want to say as a, as a teacher, every time someone says, can I go to the bathroom? The answer is of course. Yeah. Of course you can. It's very yes. weird. The power trip that comes along with it. Yes. Why? But, why, but thank you. You, you hit him with the old, of course you can. But the question is, may I? May I? <laughs> uh, fuck. But yeah, if a kid who looks in distress and he asks to go wash his face to try yeah. to help this problem, yeah. Yeah. One of my favorite hey. childhood memories is a classmate of mine who asked a teacher and they said, no, you cannot. He just pissed in the trash can. <laughs> <laughs> he just got yeah. up while the teacher was talking. Peed it's in the trash can. It's a You're bodily like, yeah, function. Why, yeah, why? Why? Why would we ever police people's bodily functions? Like, yeah, go to the bathroom. Just it's a go. great question, Thoreau. Why Just would we it. police people's bodily functions? Mm. Asking for an entire nation of women. Yes. <laughs> mm. Well, if anything, that's what public school is. Learning to stand in line, learning to ask permission, even to go to the bathroom, <laughs> dealing yeah. with disappointment. Yeah. Uh, good, Al. I'm glad I'm you're one of you. those um, teachers because, yeah, what an odd power trip. And it's like I get hall passes, but you know, <laughs> don't oh, yeah, yeah, use they, them. They, they're, yeah, they're supposed to sign out their thing. I, I, I just get upset with them. It's like they keep asking, it's like just, just fill go. out the just fill out the paperwork and go, right? If you don't <laughs> come back, we'll have a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's when you have an issue. Anyway. <laughs> yeah, so, all right, cut to Berlin. Mutant Fight Club. <laughs> the first rule about Mutant Fight Club is that... Ele electrify the fences? Is apparently you can't... <laughs> apparently Nightcrawler can't go through electric fences, so, so I yeah. guess he's fucked in a lot of oh, places. Yeah. He's, so it, this... He's, I have so many questions about the Faraday cage at... And its effects on mutant abilities are their abilities being transmitted to them from space or something <laughs> because their abilities should work everywhere because it's in their genes. Mm -hmm. Like that's like Superman being cut off from the sun. Yeah. Mm. Like, like it's still yeah. inside them. Yeah, yeah. And, and Nightcrawler even said that all, all he needs is to be able to see where he's well, linking to. So yeah, well, yeah. Why, why, why does the cage effect? Well, okay, is, so I mean... This is a huge bending of the, the rules of mutant abilities from the get-go. Absolutely. And okay, so I mean, I've got, we've gotten used at this point to seeing superpowers being used in what's convenient for the plot and only in what's convenient for the plot, but this is one of the worst offenders we've had. People only use their powers when it's convenient for the plot, period. And, and I was constantly like, why didn't this person do that? Why didn't that person do that? Right. And uh, Brian Singer has done this before. Mm. We've seen the, you know, people forcing mutants to fight. It was in the very first one with yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. It's well, just like, 
What's that? They were fighting. They weren't forcing. He he was so. he was fighting under his own his own accord, um, yeah. and no one knew he was, he was a mutant until they. Okay, he wasn't in the cage, but he was reputable, and uh, you know people came to challenge him. I well, see what you're saying, Al. But yeah. what I mean is, he's done this. Yeah, we, we've seen this kind of thing. Well, I mean that this yeah well yeah this this movie is nothing but trope upon trope upon trope his own tropes that's what i mean with the snyder thing his own yeah and lots of absolutely his own tropes that he's done a million times like he's he's playing his greatest hits here we do see the blob he doesn't speak or anything but yeah yep yep we get the blob um and i have so many questions about Age, well, okay, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. All right. So, yeah. Um. Anyways, so Mystique shows up and she rescues Nightcrawler and Angel. Angel gets his wing burned. Um. Mystique and Nightcrawler leave together. She rescues them by overpowering the fence. Mm-hmm. Right. Shorting it up. Yeah. Flipping well, the switch. Well, she, yeah. She like she like cranked up the electricity on it. She I, yeah. She, she does I'm a just, thing to a thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's so dumb because, like, oh, wouldn't that make their powers less useful? I don't know. I don't know how the shit works in this movie at all. Yeah, I yeah. don't think anybody cared. And and yeah. it wasn't a cool way to exhibit her powers. She walks up to a guy and gets past a guy. We should have seen her do this to, like, half a dozen people. Mm-hmm. You know, to really showcase that she is now future Mystique, that, it, that was super yeah. sly. She could have pretended yeah. to be the ringmaster and yeah. like subtly shut it down. Yeah, she could have done any number of things. Um, so uh, we cut to <laughs> Poland. Magneto is in hiding. He works in a place with metal things. Smelting, metal factory. Foundry. factory. Um, yeah. I just want to say that if this movie was just Magneto and his story, it would have been fabulous. Everything yeah. about Magneto was so intriguing. Again, he's trying to hide and not use his powers, and once again, he's hunted. People he loves are killed. Yeah, is it Magneto because, is he the only character with a complete arc in this? Yeah. Um, I mean, Ish. yeah, I, yeah. I mean, there's there's a few other arcs, but like, I guess Mystique, you could argue has an arc but it's pretty weak or the yeah. young x-men this, this maybe series. scott yeah and and gene yeah. storm and magneto and but yeah magneto's is the most satisfying and the most captivating yeah, yeah. but yeah. storms was really just a switch being flipped in her head of like Basically. oh mm-hmm. you're my hero yeah. i'm gonna do what you do and she will do- and she wasn't a queen she was a street urchin yeah. yes Thank you, but we did Singer. not see use her powers as a street urchin, right? <laughs> no, she did. She blew open. She blew open a case. Oh, okay, okay. We from, did see her from two use feet away. From two feet away, she blew open like a box, which she could have just run up and opened with her hand, anyways. <laughs> um. So yeah. So Magneto is in hiding. We cut to America. Scott Summers' brother Alex Havoc takes him to Professor X's school. He meets Jean Grey, Professor X, and Hank McCoy, Beast. They assess his powers and take him in. Uh, can Sorry. we just talk about the age of these characters? Yes. Because <laughs> it has you. been 10 years, and Havoc is now in his 40s, maybe 50s, 40s? Because it, 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 well, it would have been 20 years or so since uh, first class. Yeah. 
So he'd be 40. Yes. He looks 25. Um, yeah, and mm-hmm. you can you can argue that oh they're mutants they don't age, but we saw we saw after the end of Days of Future Past that um Logan went back to the changed future, so it is this future yeah. and everybody's old. Yeah. So they're going to have a real rough 20 years from 83 to like 2003. Well, and, it's all and the Havoc cocaine. Is, Havoc is one thing. <laughs> to me, Nicholas Holt as Beast was the other right. thing. Yeah. Where he's supposed to be 50. He's supposed to be mm-hmm. Charles's age. Which, yeah. I mean, also makes Beast in which, the original trilogy 70. Right. But also Charles and, um, and Eric... And let's talk about Moira, because she's not a mutant at all. Yeah. And they, they make, oh, she looks de- she doesn't look a day older. Why? Why doesn't she? She's right, just yeah. a human. Why she does was, she not? She was she's a, British. She aged well. That's like <laughs> I guess. Peggy Carter. We see Peggy Carter age in an interesting visual way. Like, you can see, like, oh, she's got some gray in her hair. Her hair is no longer dark. You know, yeah. she's got a little bit of jowls. She's got a little bit of bags mm-hmm. under her eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And um, we, we don't know how old she is, but in a, but in the 60s, she's a full-fledged CIA agent. In 1961, yeah. she has to be at least in her mid-20s at that point. Yeah. At that point. Yeah. Because you don't make it into the CIA at 18 unless you're like a killer assassin. <laughs> right. So she has to be in her mid-40s now. Yeah. And... um. At least, at least mid forties, and that's a like she looks. She looks in her twenties still. Like it's ridiculous. The age thing in this drove me insane. Yeah, Charles ages. They always show him a little bit older looking. But does he? Because he's supposed. Like in twenty years, he's going from that to Patrick Stewart. Like, I mean, yeah, you're right. But like in this one, he seemed more like Dad Xavier. Like even his sweater and. His- yeah. Anyway. But but he still comes across as like 30. True. And in my and mind, it, the dress was periodical. Like it was like it was period specific, I should say. It it fit the 80s. Less mm-hmm. than him being like a dad. Like, yeah, he could have been a 25-year-old just like that in the 80s, too. Yeah, maybe you know, it was the vibes he put an, off. An or... intellectual 25-year-old, not like a yeah. a punk or a mod or whatever. I yeah. wanted to dip back uh, for a second to Poland uh, because uh, right before we cut away from Poland, uh, we saw Nina, uh, Eric's daughter, um, communicating with animals. Yeah, that's yeah, right. talking to the yes. deer by yeah. the well. By the well, yeah. Yes. Um. Also, <laughs> I I called uh, uh, Scott and uh, Jean's first uh, in- encounter a meat not cute. Yeah, it was not cute. It was the dumb. They literally just bump into each other. It's the dumbest thing ever. Laziest way. (laughs) Laziest thing ever. Well, and the the shot of her losing her books and the papers and she just gracefully picks them back up with her powers Hmm. looked so bad. Yeah, it looked so bad. It made me think of uh, Peter Parker in the original Spider-Man where he catches all the food on the tray and they did that practically. Uh huh. Like fifty times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, this. Yeah. It took. This shows how lazy the the like creative shots were because that's a creative yeah. idea. Mm-hmm. It yeah. feels like a contractual movie. 
Yeah, yeah it, does. it feels like a movie someone was forced to make. Yeah, just checking off the list. Uh, coming off of Days of Future Past, which I think is one of the best comic book movies ever made, and then they come to this horseshit. It just feels like even before Me Too, they were like, "Singer, you have to." Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's everything about this movie is lazy. I have a uh, point got- on that, but uh, but I'll save it until we get there. Okay. We cut to Cairo. Moira is undercover with the CIA. She infiltrates a cult that's discovered Apocalypse's tomb. The sun hits the special pyramid thingy and makes the sh- him wake up. He's all refreshed <laughs> from his nap. Uh, com- because the cult followers never thought to just leave the blanket off of the stairwell. <laughs> when they went out, went downstairs. I, I, uh, I... You I have need so to many do questions this in the dark. Cult. Yeah. They've existed for now 5,000 years almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, more. More than 5,000 years? Uh, yeah. And no, uh, 30... and no one has thought to go down this tunnel and just dig his ass out. Just start digging. Yeah. His followers, you're saying, were around yeah. yeah. 5,000 years? Yeah. Wow. Because they have the same symbol tattooed on their necks as he right. had on the pyramid. Yeah, and, from yeah, uh, they, from thirty six hundred BCE to nineteen ninety eighty three. Was it eighty three? Yeah, it's yeah, almost fifty five hundred years. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and they knew they had a special incantation, so I guess that lines up. Well, as but well. their incantation wasn't doing anything. It wasn't until the sun hit it that anything started to happen. And it's also the dude's name. Yeah. They're just saying his name. Oh, or, is that what they're doing? In Nur. If you've oh, ever read the comics, that's his crazy. That's comic book name. Shit, I'm, I'm sorry. Time. I totally uh, forgot that it was it was uh, at the top of the page. The comic in Sabanur. Yeah, the Marvel translation is the first one. The first one. Mm-hmm. The actual Arabic translation is the Morning Light. Huh. So like Lucifer, I guess. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, um, idea. So, so it's interesting that his name is Arabic and they're chanting in Arabic in 3600 BC. Yes. In yeah. a language that, is... that won't exist for probably another 1500 to, or in some form for at least another 1500 to 3000 well, years. And it's convenient yeah. that it was the first time the sun shone in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> On that day. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's all yeah, it took. The... How did yeah, it not it, accidentally happen? It was yeah, it was the blanket. They they were just diligent <laughs> about keeping the blanket over the staircase for five thousand <laughs> years. Yeah, Jeremy's we, we, gonna kill me if I don't say anything, but it makes me think of Robert Downey Jr. in uh, oh, God, Tropic Thunder. Have you guys seen the behind the scenes credit? Uh, the behind the scenes shots of him. Mm-mm. Where he's talking about how the the Egyptians built the blanket, or you built the pyramids using sound and a blanket. I kept thinking of that this whole that whole sequence. They had a blanket. Blanket. So all right, his uh, the hole collapses in. Moira escapes. The cult members aren't so lucky. His waking up creates a psychic shockwave earthquake felt around the world including in Poland, where Magneto saves a fellow worker from being crushed by a big metal thing. His co-workers are suspicious of him. Did the sho- the, the psychic shockwave knock that yeah. big phantom, or uh, what's, what was the, the movie, the Star Wars movie with all those big jugs of molten metal? Was oh, that uh, yeah, oh, the episode two. Yeah. Genosha? 
Yeah, yeah. On Geonosis, yeah. Yeah. Geonosis. Um, was, was, that, uh, was that what caused that, or was that just a freak accident? No, it was the earthquake. Okay. Yeah. Um, That's what I think. The earthquake caused by the psychic shockwaves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And once again, like I know humans are afraid of mutants, but it's like not even a moment of, yay, you saved his life. You know what I mean? People saw him act and they're like, Yeah, guess you're a good mutant. Like, yeah. Right, exactly. It's like, nope, we got to hunt him down. Even the dude he saved. Magneto has been on the run for a long time as the guy who potentially could have assassinated. Nixon, um, yeah, Nixon. yeah. Well, and and assassinated that. Kennedy, sure. Um, oh, but he didn't. But he didn't. But the um, world thinks he did. Yeah. But the world has been living with mutants now for twenty years, is what they say at one point in this movie. You well, ten that, years that they've been public, right? Yeah, because it was Magneto revealed himself in the seventies. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, exactly. So back in Westchester, Jean Grey is having some bad dreams. Professor X goes into her brain and we discover she's like super powerful and stuff. And she has a vision of apocalypse and she's all afraid of being too powerful. Yada, yada, yada. All that dark she, Phoenix. she feels a dark power growing inside a dark bird like power. <laughs> <laughs> um, Professor X uh, felt apocalypse wake up. So he goes into Cerebro. I he was waiting where- for someone to say that's what she said, but. Ah. <laughs> uh, uh, he sees Moira in Cairo and instantly doesn't investigate any further. He's going to go see her in Washington because he is thirsty. <laughs> um, I, which I don't like. I don't like they characterized no. him as like, oh, I didn't. I Yeah, I checked on her once. It's not creepy. I'm not a creep. Like, right. sure, Brian Singer. None of this is creepy. Mm-hmm. Nah. Um, in Poland, Magneto wants to flee with his wife and shout. This is the whole, this is what I'm talking about. This is another one of those tropes where it's like, we've got to get out. And the wife is like, this is our home. We can't leave while they're furiously packing. Like, like, oh my God, stop, make, stop writing the scene. Screenwriters, stop writing that scene. Um, so, uh, he's confronted by the local police. Uh, they have his, daughter he agrees to go with them if they let his family go but his kid freaks out and she controls the birds so both wife and child are accidentally killed in a tragic archery slip up um so despite how ridiculous it was this was a truly heartbreaking scene if you it was i thought it was yeah i thought the magneto shit was compelling it was the magneto i liked the magneto stuff but the ridiculousness of how he was holding that bow and how far it went through their bodies drove me nuts. Because you don't just, like, he was holding it so loose and slack and, like, barely, like, pointing. Like, that's, it would have maybe gone an inch into her with that much slack on a bow. It's not like a gun. It doesn't fire or not. How far back you pull it, like, makes how yeah. fast and hard it goes change. Like, you're yeah. talking about the cops in there? Yeah, the cop yeah. the cop holding the bow. Mm-hmm. He did not pull it far enough back, even close. Like he barely, barely had it pulled. Mm-hmm. And to have that loose of a grip on a on a bowstring, that just that's it doesn't work like that. No. <laughs> it probably would have just tumbled to the ground if he let go of it at that point. Yeah. Yeah. I also find the manipulation of metal dubious. 
Well, <laughs> that's explained I, in that's explained in universe, though. At least I, I, I speaking of the manipulation of metal. <laughs> This is possibly... no. I mean, seriously, the magic things that don't make sense at least are there's an in-universe reason for it. There's no in-universe reason that a badly, you know, a lightly held bow will go through two human body chest yeah. cavities. You think that's important? It, it just it's could have distracting. been distracting. It could have been blocked better. I just think that they could have designed that that sequence to be more tense. Because as it happens, it's like, what? Wait, what? Isn't it in slow mo? Using, yeah. No, not not the bow shot. Um, The bow shot just kind of happens, but um, we don't need to hang on it. (laughs) Yeah, I I will say Magneto's use of of powers in this moment is my favorite mutant power use in this entire movie. He kills them with the photo, the only remaining photo of his parents. Mm Hmm. It's not just a use of his power. In, it is a character a moment. Yeah, the locket yeah. has his family. He is killing them for his family, using yeah. his family. I was like, oh, that's, you know, there's there's symbolism there. Okay. Oh, yeah. He's had to Des- do that. Despite the lazy direction, which is what I was really complaining about, not specifically yeah. the bow, but the fact that it was so lazily directed and blocked. That was my issue so much as more than the specific of the bow things. But um, it's, yeah, no, it's it's absolutely the most powerful character moment in the entire film, I think. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then it's immediately in the rear view mirror for the rest of the movie. Yeah. 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 Um, so uh, back in Cairo, Apocalypse walks around in the city, completely blending in. Um, <laughs> well, he had a hood. <laughs> <laughs> He sees a young street thief. Uh, it's Storm. He saves her from from some street justice. Uh, what would have been great is if um, Apocalypse was disguised the way the MCU characters disguised themselves. You know, <laughs> just a hat and sunglasses and sometimes a hoodie. Yeah, a, a logoless baseball cap. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sunglasses. Look like you're attending a baseball game, not is that on the Apocalypse? run. I think it's Tony Stark. Uh, so yeah, um, yeah. So he saves her from some street justice. Then back in Washington, Charles flirts with Moira. She explains the whole Cairo thing, tells them the cult believers worship the first mutant. Yada yada yada. She explains the whole concept of the movie. She tells Charles that he because he simply states that he has level five clearance. Like okay. <laughs> Well, if show, you say so. If you say so. Show me yeah. the papers. Well, if you can control minds, don't you have the highest clearance possible? <laughs> I, and I think that's what it was, was he was implanting the idea that he had yeah. the clearance, and she just accepted mm. it because he mm-hmm. used his abilities. Yeah. He, he, he mind freaked her. Yeah. He mind yeah. freaked her. Yeah. Mind freaked uh, uh, in Cairo, we learn that Mystique is a folk hero to the young mutants of the world. They see her as, you know, a hero standing up for them. Who is Apocalypse- making these posters, these propaganda posters? Is there like a, a mutant <laughs> publisher who's like, you know what we should do? We should print millions of these and she, send them she, around the world. She, she got them on Redbubble. <laughs> yeah, that's what it felt like. Yeah. I think she ordered it online. She's like, oh, yeah, it needs to be in print. Arabic. <laughs> 
business also, she went down. She went down to Kinko's. Yeah, she got his business cards to say, Mystique, mutant folk hero. <laughs> I know this is a lot to ask, but I would have enjoyed her speaking Arabic at some point. Like, mm-hmm. to him, mm-hmm. I would have enjoyed Apocalypse learning Arabic, being like, what language is this? What year is this? You're right. They never made Mystique smarter. You know, they developed her her ambition and her character more, but you're right. Like, she oh. never, as she grew, she didn't. That's my mistake. I meant to say Storm. Um, yeah. Storm Storm being in Egypt, she should be speaking the native tongue. Because yeah. is she yeah. an American? I, I thought she or was. a British person? Uh, she, she was speaking Egyptian. Initially, but... she was trying to speak to him in Arabic. Or... Oh, okay. Or something. Maybe I missed that. And then, the la- and then, like the third language she chose was English. English, like, and then she just stuck with English. Yeah, Her third language. Hey, he doesn't understand me, so I'm going to speak to him in my third language, exclusively from here on out. Um, I mean, I understand why, but like the fact that I, the fact that it was distracting to me that. I had to that like the moment they decide that the rest of the movie is going to be in English, <laughs> like is just uh, well, again how clumsy and lazy this filmmaking is. It removed the time, man out of time element from Apocalypse, which would have been an interesting thing for him to to be kind of stuck in, like <laughs> yeah. you know, yeah. like all uh, frozen unfrozen caveman lawyer style. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm just a simple. I'm just a simple Egyptian man god. <laughs> well, and it would have been cool to have somewhere between unfrozen caveman lawyer and Captain America, unfrozen World War II yeah. soldier. But right, we just right. got a we got a guy who woke up from a fucking nap. He's Five like, oh, oh god, I'm I'm thirsty. I'm kind of. I'm li- you have something yeah. to eat. I got a pee and then I yeah. need a drink. <laughs> uh, but yeah, and he learns Eng- he learns English from the TV, and again speaks just in English. But also, <laughs> like, I I know it's magic, but like, uh, so uh, I don't know. It just felt so lazy. Like I'm gonna suck from the television airwaves everything I need to know. Which I I could have seen him explain it afterwards or something. Been like, oh, uh, uh, human minds transfer in- information through electricity. It's the same. Boom. But sure. it, it is lazy because you know how you know when it was done really really well. Ultron. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Same concept. Yeah, exactly. Well, and yeah, and also it would have been hilarious, like, because it depends. It's 1983. There's no internet. It's just whatever's being broadcast at that moment. <laughs> so it's a lot of like, I, I'm i learning. Come and knock on my door. <laughs> I must destroy Mr. Furley. Yeah, he should have been full of like television quips and yeah, one-liners. That would have been really funny. He was like, yeah. Dynamite. Why does he keep quoting TV? <laughs> he keeps saying, I'm a stinker in a weird Brooklyn accent. <laughs> why Autobots, roll Mr. out. Yeah, why is he calling me Mr. Kata? Yeah, yeah that would have been really funny, like, just referencing things from television throughout this movie. Yeah, he's like, I uh, saw the Beatles on this. <laughs> and it would have it given his character character. Character. Yeah, he had no character. Yeah, instead he was just like, I'm bad. Ooh. <laughs> and I'm back. 
We will quote from the children's cartoon as much as possible. <laughs> uh, sit, you boost sit. Good dog. Because, li- well, literally, a third of Apocalypse's lines are straight from X Men 96. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's bad. It's real bad. Yeah. He, no, he's, he's the most characterless villain. He like, makes Malekith seem deep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It was this was such a waste of Oscar Isaac. It such was. a waste. I hate when that happens. Well, and yeah, I will say to his credit, he is actually acting at yeah, every he, moment. He's trying but to he is, apocalypse. Dude is running on a treadmill the whole time. He's not going anywhere. It sucks. Mm-hmm. I feel so bad yeah. for him. He's got great he's form, but you're not moving. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So so anyways, he tells well, Stormy's gonna and all we see of his face is like he's got less of his face exposed than Batman does in the fucking cowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's all prosthetic. Uh yeah, so anyways, he tells Stormy he's going to cleanse the world and create a new society around mutants. And then he makes her more powerful and her hair turns white because <laughs> just because he, g- he gives her a kiki spring do. Yeah, um, he's like ambush uh, makeover. This twice, so- twice in this movie he changed someone's haircut. <laughs> Just for no reason. He's all, I don't well, have hair, so I live vicariously. That's a toxic workplace. That's definitely a red flag. I don't like <laughs> yeah. your hair, so I'm going to change it. Could you be less like, um, fat at work? I am also the first barber. <laughs> well, I, it would have been funny if it had been a sequence. He's like, so what are you doing later? He's like putting the tinfoil things in her hair. How are the kids? I think that uh, Storm's motivation and her her choice, quote unquote choice, because there's not a lot of choosing uh, to join him is non-existent. He no. says, I'm going to cleanse this world and make it good for mutants. And she's like, OK, yeah, that's, that's it. Very, she's that's not very... like they they killed my parents because they were mutants. My parents abandoned me because I'm a mutant. I'm yeah. on my own because I'm a mutant. That sounds yeah. awesome. Just OK. She's like Chad right. in the SNL sketches. Like, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Sure, I'll do it. That sounds fine. Uh-huh. Um, back in Berlin, Mystique and Nightcrawler visit Caliban, a mutant who gives them fake papers for traveling. Seems a little pointless for Nightcrawler. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> and for her. And for yes. her. Why does she her. need papers? She could change her appearance. She could, like, come right. on. It's like, yeah, the blue lady's on the no-fly list, but the pilot of this plane isn't. <laughs> Well, yeah. and we know that she can steal people's credentials and their identity because she's done it in every movie up until this one. Well, yeah. yes, and we know that she can simply make her like she can look at somebody who has their like a badge on and change her appearance to look like them with a badge on. That's <laughs> like, true. That's true. But I mean, we've seen her at no, a number of times do the like multi-step steal of an identity where she's like, "I'm yeah. the janitor." Hey, nice to see you in the bathroom. I'm going to knock this guy unconscious in the bathroom, steal his badge and his identity. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know if she can scan her, whatever part of her body comes off as a badge. Yeah, <laughs> all of that is so weird. All of that is so weird still. Still, there were multiple points where, like, clothing came off her and never went back on, but she had changed into that clothing. So it's like, what is... Yeah. What is well, it's like I the Wolverine know. claws thing where they get cut off in the first movie. It's yeah. like, was that a finger or a toe? <laughs> and then they're back. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. So, um, so yeah. So they decide they're going to go to America because she learns about Eric and 
Poland. She's going to go find Charles. In America, Scott gets his special sunglasses. He tries to flirt with Jean. Mystique those are just, shows up. Those are just Ray-Bans with a ruby that uh, Beast <laughs> had laying around. He's like, I had a ruby. <laughs> ruby quartz. Yeah, ruby quartz. Ruby quartz. Well, that's like, why oh, they have okay. to go to the mall, because he needs to hit a kiosk and get some Oakleys or some <laughs> sunglasses. Uh, I, oh I need to get some better frames. Oh, yeah. my God. In 30 Rock, James Marsden is Liz's boyfriend, and the only credit card he has is his sunglasses <laughs> credit card. He's like, they upped it to 80. Let's go to dinner. Um, again. Yeah. Mystique shows up. Hank shows her around the place. Um, back in Berlin, Caliban is visited by Apocalypse and Storm. Uh is he killed at this point? I don't care. Um, Caliban, take- no. Caliban survives. He they just he cooks his gun. Um, this is the first of like four lines that we get from Psylocke. Yeah, I know where those mutants are. Oh, uh, okay. The, this was the second she did have a line uh, previously when Nightcrawler and Raven were there. Mm-hmm. Um. So all it right, took me for the right. second time I watched it to yeah. to even notice. Are the uh, are these are these people bothering you? I think the <laughs> I like gist of it. I think she's on a bus. Bothering. <laughs> so, uh, we, we see Apocalypse teleport, which is cool. The purple bubble. I dig it. I dig the purple yeah, bubble. Sure. Sure, I like sure, it. Sure. We see him augment her powers, which is cool when mm-hmm. her, her blade thing gets big. Um, and brighter. <laughs> Yeah, when my when my blade thing gets big, it gets brighter too. But he is just <laughs> Apocalypse is just choosing the first mutants he sees. Yep. Yeah, he's not yes. like conveniently choosing like, oh, I need yeah. somebody who's good at like crowd control. Right. I need somebody who's good at like, you know, uh, tricky. He didn't people. bother. He didn't bother to seek out um, anorexic. Autumn Rolfson. Yeah. Well, to be I, famine. I I assume I assume there's a lot of turnover. This, <laughs> so he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna need to be filling these positions constantly. It's like I it's thought this was data yeah. entry. Yeah. <laughs> what? Um I lied on my I lied on my resume. I don't know how to do Excel. I don't know uh, how to do this. Caliban knows who everybody is. He's the guy with all the information. I don't know how they didn't just linger on Caliban and go like, I need your whole list. I can control minds. Give or not yeah. control minds, but he's like he can manipulate people either through like force well, or coercion. And but, he's living cerebro. Yeah. Yeah. He's the yeah. living cerebro. He can detect mutants. I don't know what his range is, but you know what I mean? Very yeah, valuable mutant to have. He was this, super wasted. This to me was a huge lazy moment. Just getting to Caliban and being like, oh shit, Caliban, the seeker. He's the guy who he tracks mutants. That's his thing. And and Apocalypse is like, nah. Nah. You're, yeah. you, you can't go outside in the daylight. You're not very he useful can, to me. He can even look at a person and tell if they're lying about being a mutant. You know, yeah. like very powerful. <laughs> yeah. So instead, back he was sword lady. Yeah. Yeah. Psychic sword. New band name. <laughs> uh, back in Westchester, Scott, Jean, Nightcrawler, and Rando go to the mall. Was she? Who was she? Who was That's that? Jubilee. Jubilee. That's Jubilee. 
That was Jubilee. She shoots that's wasted. sparks and plasma yeah, out of her hands. That she is one of that the is, coolest characters in the 90s yeah, cartoon. That is yeah. a super wasted character right there. She um, was Wolvie's sidekick. Oh, and she gets teased at so many points in these Brian Singer movies. She had she had scenes that were filmed that they just didn't do uh, like the effects on, where she shoots plasma out of her fucking hands. It's so disappointing. Uh, her yeah. and Gambit have, got- have just been screwed by Brian <laughs> Singer. Totally. Have any of Have any of you seen the behind the scenes one? I'm thinking specifically of the end of this, where. Um, there's a lot of uh, what's this of Hank McCoy uh, and uh, um, Pietro Evan Peters like messing with uh, messing with uh, Jennifer Lawrence when she's like giving her big speech and she's like like it's like nothing you've ever seen before and Beast behind her is like you won't fucking believe it. <laughs> <laughs> it's hilarious. You should just Google it. It's on YouTube. Uh, uh, I I didn't watch the behind the scenes, but I I now now that you mentioned it, it, made me think of there was a character design for Apocalypse that the same uh, special effects house that did Iron Man and Batman versus Superman and all of these really mm-hmm. well done costumes. Mm-hmm. Man, I don't know why they chose to go with this weird. Power Rangers villain, Star yeah. Trek villain look. Oh my he god! Was, he was Matt Gray and kind of robotic looking, and had like, and not robotic, but had like angular things on his face that looked like the cartoon and the comic origin. Yeah, it, he, seeing that that existed made me so frustrated with the character design they settled on in this movie. He really does look like a purple Cardassian in this. Yeah, yeah, he looks like a Cardassian, or who was the Zordon guy from Power Rangers, the bad guy? Yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah. Well, he and looked, if go ahead, he's shiny. He just looks yeah. shiny the whole time, and I'm like, why is he shiny? And if Skins he was size shiny. appropriate, it would work. Better. Yeah, but on little so, Oscar Isaac, who's not very tall, it, it, yeah, it looked like there was way too much on his body. So much weird armor, and yeah, yeah. Thanos um, more so, or less armor. So then Apocalypse finds Angel, and there's like a weird heavy metal magazine Dude. reference that goes on. So you know what song is playing? Hmm. It's off of Kill 'em All, it's Metallica. They're playing The Four Horsemen. Uh it's kind of cool. Course. Metallica yeah. had that that and Creeping Death were their two like Old Testament songs uh, they're two of my favorite metallica songs ever i love this moment when i first saw it in the theater i was because i'm i that's one of my favorite bands especially from when i was a teenager well but just that was a great album it is an incredible Manic. album it was well, so was ride the lightning i'm a bigger ride the lightning fan than kill them all but we'll we mm-hmm. won't get into that um <laughs> but just hearing that i was like this is a cool choice it's very on the nose but if there was ever a thing to be on the nose with it's using the four horsemen as apocalypse is gathering his four horsemen he's drinking vodka well, like metallica yeah. you know oh, yeah no no and they make a metal no like the whole metal thing and he, he literally does the pose from like heavy metal magazine like the yeah. heavy metal movie like yeah um these blades can cut through anything when he lands on the ground he those blades do nothing to the wood that he is standing on <laughs> uh uh so meanwhile, Hank tells Mystique that he wants to team up to be X-Men, not just students. Um, then back in Poland, Eric shows up to kill all the metal workers, but Apocalypse arrives just then, does it for him, and takes him to Auschwitz. 
Where yeah. Eric gets in touch with his Semitism and learns to harness his power to get metal out of the ground. <laughs> he decides you know to join he the would gang. Love to go? Auschwitz. I'm okay. gonna take you on a trip to At- Auschwitz. Compare this to Storm, Oy. who was told, we're going to cleanse the world and make it a better one. And she's like, okay. With Magneto, <laughs> he's like, dude, this is what humanity did to you. To you, yeah. yeah Do you want to join me? He does something, yeah. So yeah, he is convinced. Uh, with Storm, um, he said something. In, he said cleansed. The world needs to be cleansed in a language that she didn't understand. And then he... He said saved. Then he says saved. Yeah. So he's he's tricking her, but also d- the power augmentation. Yeah, which, but also which so when I I wondered why when she was being confronted by the 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 mer- merchants in the marketplace that she just that she didn't just fly away. And I guess they're trying to imply that apocalypse gave her the power of flight yeah that makes sense in this context yeah makes sense i'll buy it um so all right which was kind of lame i yeah (laughs) yeah i like storm good yeah i like storm as a character and Mm -hmm. making her get half of her powers from this short purple dude was Mm. disappointing yeah. yeah, having her be a pickpocket. Yeah, he he took away all the um, authority and agency. From yeah, that absolutely. Uh, back in Ohio, we catch up with Pietro Maximoff. Uh, <laughs> Who Charles also hasn't aged. Also has not aged in ten years. Yeah, at all. I bet uh, his metabolism Char- is different. You'd think he'd age yeah. faster. Good at point. least we at least we yeah, didn't like see at least we didn't see him in this same timeline looking older at a near at a time near when this is supposed to be taking place. Yeah, that's uh, true. So uh Charles and Moira arrive back in New York. Uh they find Mystique waiting for them. She tells them Magneto's gonna do stuff. Uh he goes into Cerebro to find them. He does, but uh Magneto's with Apocalypse. Apocalypse takes over Charles's psychic link, uses it to take control of human minds over the world, and launches all the world's nuclear weapons into space. This is where we get our Stan Lee cameo. I, I well, like the, is, I like is it our moment. most boring Stan Lee cameo yet? Or oh, is it yeah. it's appropriate? Well, it's also Stan's wife. Yeah, I was oh. gonna say. Yeah, yeah, his actual wife. Yeah. Um, I I like the sequence because we get the turning of the keys. We get the confusion of everybody yeah. realizing what they've done, and right. it's too late to undo it, kind of thing. I love that because it it establishes the stakes at a different level than we had initially anticipated. Well, and yeah. even though um, Apocalypse, you know, launched them, it, it's to prove that we are capable of our own destruction without yeah. anyone to come and cleanse. Like, we could yeah. cleanse our planet ourselves. It would suck. <laughs> but yeah, but we could. Well, arguably, he made the world a safer place. That is arguable, yeah. Like, yeah. For, the rest of, yeah. for the rest of humanity after the events of this movie, I mean, we'll get there, but uh, there are no more nuclear weapons. That is true. Um, then again, then again, Superman cared to do that. <laughs> then again, gravity is a, a thing. <laughs> so... <laughs> 
Somebody needs uh, to go get those and throw them into the sun. Yeah. Or Superman. When you need <laughs> oh, them. I guess Superman did do that in one. He put them all. Yes, in, there was in a the whole net. movie about it, actually. Yeah. Um, the net, though. The funny ass net. The giant net. Yeah. <laughs> Havoc destroys Cerebro. Charles is knocked unconscious, and Apocalypse opens up a portal and how, shows up. How convenient is. Okay. Oh, never mind. Sorry. Sorry. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Okay. Havoc destroying uh, Cerebro. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So then Havoc tries to destroy Apocalypse, but he misses and causes a big explosion that destroys the entire mansion. This. How convenient is this shot? Of all the, this is a one in a million shot, kid. Like, yeah, it hit the you engine know, that had the door open, and it was exactly where Apocalypse was standing. And like, also, super, super convenient that Quicksilver arrived that exact second. Yeah, this is the most Rube Goldberg device seen in this entire movie, possibly mm-hmm. in the entire X Men series. Yeah. yeah. And it's fun and to see him do his thing, but yeah, it was... Oof. It's fun to see him do his thing, but it also leads to vast questions as to why he wasn't doing his thing throughout the rest of the movie yeah. um, after they're freed from the Faraday cage bullshit. Um, well, and why wasn't he there earlier? He could have just been there mm-hmm. earlier. And they could have been dealing with something else and said like, oh, well, you know, just wait here. And I think it speaks to his lone wolf kind of personality. Yeah. And, and but anyways, also, isn't it in this sequence um, between Apocalypse and Charles where we actually see Apocalypse get larger? No, not yet. No, that's no, that's that's way later. Okay, but it is this movie. All right. Yeah. All right, cool. So um, that and also why why sweet dreams? It thematically means nothing to this sequence. Yeah, time in a bottle was inspired. This. Yeah. Yeah, they're like, they're just repeating it. Like it is cool to see Quicksilver do Quicksilver stuff, but it's just a retread of the first movie done not as well. I think yeah. it's what he's listening to on his Walkman. Well, was he wearing the Walkman in the scene? I thought so, mm-hmm. but he always had it on or around his neck. Because I don't remember him wearing it in this. Maybe it's just not as obvious. Because hmm. yeah, maybe I'm like, wrong. Well, I didn't. I didn't. It was well. It was well placed. They like show him like taking his time to put his headphones on in first or in uh, days of future past where he's like, Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to go for a jog. But there was right. Just like the history tunnel. Like we saw it. It's lazy. Yeah, It's been done. And it's in my mind. It's one of those things. People love the last time we did this. Let's do it again. Yep, exactly. But bigger Uh, and faster. Yeah. So, all right. He saves everybody except havoc who was apparently too close yeah. Oh God. Time after time would have been a great that, one. Yeah. That Andrea would have been hilarious point. too. Yeah. Although, although time after time, eighty three. I don't think it was out yet. I think time after time was in eighty four, eighty four or eighty five. Um, <laughs> not that that's. Although it's a new timeline, so maybe Cindy Lauper's album came out earlier in this X Men world. Pink Floyd. Time. Yeah, I don't time. know. Or you know? yeah, or even like time keeps on slipping into the future. I don't know. There's a yeah, things. Steve Miller band. That'd been yeah. I think time after time would have been funny though, because it would have been yeah, a weird balance. Yeah. Or even a song having to do with speed and quickness. Yeah. yeah. So, anyways, um, it was eighty three. Okay, thanks, thanks, Andrea. Um, 
So uh, Scott and Jean arrive back from the mall. Scott discovers his brother's dead. Colonel Stryker shows up. He uses a sound cannon to knock everyone unconscious and captures Mystique, Quicksilver, Moira, and Beast. Jean, Nightcrawler, and Scott sneak aboard the helicopter and go with them. <clears throat> I, 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 how does humanity have all of these uh, mutant-suppressing tools already? We do have sonic cannons. True, true. But yeah, like, but they are mutant suppressants because they don't affect any of the soldiers yes. on the ground. Like right. they seem to, they seem to target mutants in particular, kind of like the Faraday cage. Just thing. like the cage, yeah, you're right. Yeah, I think I think it's just like there was the need, so the military is like advancing at a rapid pace in that yeah. world as compared to ours. <clears throat> I just I would have liked I would have liked some one off line about like oh yeah thanks to all those investments after the Trask debacle, right? Yeah, mm. we stepped up our game. We know how yeah. dangerous yeah. you guys are. We gained we might access not be able to, to all of yeah. his research. We can't kill you, but we can imprison you. Boom. Yeah. Stakes established. Like, yeah. It would I'd like... <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. Uh, I'd like to point out um, that in our previous X-Men movies featuring Jean Grey and in the comics, um, Jean Grey at an early age was not very good at telepathy. Mm. Yeah. It yeah. was it was her her weak spot as far as the tele things go. Her her big thing was telekinesis, um, and right right out of the gate, um, she has she's blocking people's vision. She's blocking well, people's minds and reading right. people's first minds. Thing, and, the first thing we see her do is communicate with Scott. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So and, um, all right. Uh, maybe it's timeline manipulation, but we have seen the f the first time that they found Jean when uh, Magneto and X went to her house and she was a child. Yeah. And then in a subsequent movie, they they go to find her and she's an adult. Right. Well. Okay. No. And also in this one, like she, you know, in I, it is timeline, but she was previously like uh, that took place in the early '80s, and she was a child, like 12 years old. Um, this one, she's different age, but also we saw Angel in a previous movie, and he was a teenager in the two thousands. But yeah, that's that's a huge timeline difference. He was born like thirty years earlier. Well, his parents decided to have a baby after that whole Cold War crisis. <laughs> maybe it was Dark Phoenix, but she kills or injures her parents in that car accident. However, again, the time she's first introduced in the Singer movies, she's a child living with her parents. Yep. They go find her. Later yeah, on, was, they find her was, as an adult. Yeah, that was X3. Right. That When she was a child, yeah. No, um, but then in, in Dark Phoenix, she's a child. She's controlling the radio in the car, mm, and then they swerve over. They're about to hit, and she flips the truck. Huh. Um, no, new story. Anyway. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and like I said, with Angel, like he's he was born thirty years earlier in this timeline now, um, which is weird because they didn't change the timeline until after he already would have been born in this universe. Good point. Um. Anyways, <laughs> uh, meanwhile, on a sound stage, in front of some generic-looking CGI rocks, Apocalypse uses Charles' brain to transmit a message to every person on Earth. Uh, Man, is this a reshot scene or what? Oh God, yeah. Oh yeah. Um, 
there was a uh, there was a art like uh what do they call that when you have um design art concept art um uh-huh. where he had a a, a spaceship hmm. that was his home base or not oh, a spaceship wow. but like some sort of floating flying bubble looking ship right. thing i wish hmm. that that had existed instead of this sequence yeah. yes yeah because they could have just had them teleport to and from it as it's traveling around the planet. M- a moving mobile base. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes him even more threatening. Um, yeah, totally. So, so then uh, in the secret base, Gene Scott and Nightcrawler sneak around to find their friends who are imprisoned in a pit type thing with a field around it. To prevent them from using their powers, it's revealed at this point that Magneto is Pietro's dad. Apocalypse! Which, which is played for humor. Yes, it is. It's played for humor, and it's also really weird because they're like five years apart in age. Yeah. Um, The actors are. Um, Apocalypse transmits his message. He tells the mutants of the world to join him, and the humans tells them they're all going to (laughs) die. This this serves no real purpose. This serves no purpose to the plot other than to let Charles tell um, Gene where they are. Other than that, it served no plot purpose. Yeah. So, yeah, this drives me nuts because I, I was thinking, I was like, well, I, I see the necessity for it because he has to tell someone. But couldn't yeah. he if he just like told someone in town to use a phone to call somebody? <laughs> yeah, there's, you know, yeah. like he could have called Quicksilver on the phone and had him not involved or something. Like, there's a way to do that without him having to do this weird message to every human being on the entire planet at the yeah. same time. You have to shuffle around some parts, but that would have made more sense for him to be covertly acting against Apocalypse instead of slipping a message in for Gene alone. Yeah. It's thin. So, yeah, Very it's super thin. thin. Super thin, super lazy. Gene and company find Logan, who's being controlled, is currently Weapon X, and clearly wasn't uh, working out for this this particular cameo. <laughs> um, He's been trapped in a cage. I get it. You know, yeah. you get a little, uh, you get a little flabby trapped in a cage. Uh, not Gene, that man is flabby at all in this movie. No, no, he's just not jacked like he was, well, <laughs> like he usually is. I was gonna say this is the this is the one time he's not more jacked in the following movie than he was in the previous one. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Um, and that's because this was obviously in between Wolverines and they were like, can you come in for a day? Sure. Um, so uh, anyways, Gene uses them as a diversion, then frees his mind and the rest follows. He runs off into the forest. Um, yeah. He removes all of his weapon X gear, which is cool to yeah. see the really crappy weapon X design. I hate that design so much. Oh God. It was so bad. He's and the also, cutest of Borg. Uh-huh. Uh, and the plugs and everything. And at the end, she's like, you're free boy. Go, go. <laughs> um, so they rescue the captured mutants and escape in a secret military helijet while Magneto uses his powers to disrupt Earth's magnetic field and make every metal object in the earth go up into the air so they're they're what is he doing thing, yeah I, I have so many questions about him and apocalypse what they're doing at these moments in the movie but okay so before we leave uh striker's base look flight suits you said you wanted an army 
or whatever uh-huh. she says to, to Beast. Can you fly this thing? How convenient are these two things? Like super, super, super convenient. They they should have they should have gotten on a really shitty plane or something. Like mm-hmm. it should have been like a couple of helicopters or something. Good and when we suit- see them in their flight suits later, they're all perfectly fitted. Exactly. Oh, yeah. Well, exactly. And Mystique wears one. Why? Yeah. Why? Her power Why? is to look like different things. You would think that she'd be like, no, I, I can't wear armor. That will detract from my ability. Yeah. And it should have been like an old decommissioned plane or something. Do you know what I mean? To add a little yeah. more drama to it and give it yeah. that like Han Solo vibe. Like, yeah, I yeah. can well, I can fly any fucking can. Striker's team didn't show up in that fucking plane. They showed up no. in a helicopter. A regular yeah. old helicopter, yeah. <laughs> Why didn't they so, use the fucking badass plane to go capture the most dangerous mutant in the world? Mm-hmm. Because in movies, helicopters can do anything, apparently. Yeah. Yes. Fly in well, sleet and rainstorm. Be, be right by the school right when they needed to be there. Uh, so the mutants arrive in Cairo and we get our 30 minute CGI fight. 30 minutes this end fight was of bullshit CGI, flashy purple fields, blu ray bullshit. Um, they. Uh, Psylocke, Storm, and Angel, they fight them while Apocalypse begins a ceremony to transmit his brain into Professor X's body. When he finishes it, he'll have the power to control every mind on Earth. I I feel like the way to use Magneto's powers in this moment is not just to make, take all of the iron from the Earth and spin it up and destroy cities. It should have been bring it here to make a MacGuffin, to make some sort of antenna Mm -hmm. or beam or something would have made more sense than like, I don't know, blend the earth with your powers, Magneto. Yeah, I know you can just do like, it. Just make it all go up into the air for a little while and be crazy. And, and where yeah. they were fighting, the all the rubble and ruin, it looked like the danger room. It looked like they were yeah. practicing. <laughs> oh, it's such um, a yeah, it's such a big like like soundstage rubble fest. Like it's, also this right. is the most boring set, shit ever. Set design and power sets. There are a number of moments where they are all fighting in this rubble and all around them are large chunks of metal, cars. Mm. At yeah. one point mm-hmm. they're they're in a they're they're in like a weaving like a loom factory. Um mm. what would you call that? I you know, but whatever where they where they have all yeah. of the string for a loom Mm-hmm. is on a metal rack and it was so mm-hmm. distracting to me because all I could think was isn't Magneto picking up every little piece of metal and shredding it into little bits and spinning it around in the air uh, Not all use that to wrap somebody up in yeah, yeah. Or, or I mean just it, it would have been picked up as as flotsam or whatever you know oh, like it right, been, right right when it, he's doing would, his yeah because he's not he's not like targeting what he's picking no. up he's just like metal all the metal float. yeah he's chilling. yeah yeah, the metal that does get picked up is real haphazard and yeah. random. Real, yeah, and also not very sharp. Like, uh, there's the scene when when they when they appear at his bubble and they're like touching the bubble. <laughs> yeah, I would have yeah. loved for them to touch the bubble and be like, "Oh shit, I forgot. Those are little tiny bits of steel. Ouch! I have yeah. uh, my hand is covered in cuts." Yeah. Does anybody have any tweezers? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Instead, it's like a, a bird shot rifle from the 1800s. <laughs> yeah, like little pellets. 
everything is has like nice smooth edges. Magneto is very gentle with his with his metal tearing. Mm-hmm. Of course. So, all right, the uh, let's see. Mystique tries to talk Eric into being good again. He's like, "But I'm so sad." And they rescue the professor and Marianne just seconds before the transfer is complete. <laughs> but he, he lost his hair in the process. I love the shot of Kurt Wagner pulling him out of that mm. space between their bodies where mm. all of a sudden you get that like uh what are, I don't know what they call the the shot style where you're on a trolley and you're zooming in as you're reeling backwards. Oh oh the, oh the, I know what the you the vertigo mean. shot. The yeah. vertigo shot. Thank you. That that moment and it's CGI but you can see that they are they are on a green screen doing that to their bodies as they're moving. I yeah. love that shot. That is one of the coolest shots in this entire movie. That was cool, yeah. yeah. But it's um, in the middle of this 30 minutes of bullshit, and it's immediately, you it it doesn't matter. No, nothing in this matters. Yeah, so, yeah um, nothing. Anyways, so uh, Professor X realizes he still has a link with Apocalypse. They have a mind fight in a dream world. Where Why he hadn't still he been has... doing that the whole time? Yeah, why? That should, have been, that should have been happening for 15 minutes before this started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Well, at least in the dream world, he still has his long, luxurious, flowing locks. That's true, and he can <laughs> stand on his own two legs. Yes. <laughs> um, so, um, Apocalypse is winning the dream fight. Magneto switches sides, as does Storm. Even with them attacking Apocalypse at the same time as Cyclops, Apocalypse is still too strong. Jean Grey joins in, and all of them together, they're able to destroy Apocalypse. And there's a Dark Phoenix tease. Well, and we get we get the we get. Charles finally letting go of his control over Gene. Let go, Gene. Let go. And she's like, what do you mean? Just let go, Gene. Help me. Help me. Not like, melt this motherfucker, Gene. He's going to kill us all. How is he still so... How is he still so gentle in this moment? You'd think that he is like about to die. Like, Mm. I'm going to give you specific instructions. Use your power to its fullest extent. And maybe you can help turn the balance. Not, not two words, and then two more words. Like, <sighs> I he's kinda, an eloquent dude. I kind of liked how uh, Apocalypse was mind fighting and physically fighting at the same time. And then yeah. when she joins the joins the fray, she does the same thing. She goes in to fight Apocalypse in Charles's mind while burning every sh- everything up outside. Well, and and she removes him from the mind battlefield immediately. Yeah. And then yeah. takes it to the real world. I wish I wish that these sequences had been better structured and arranged cuz man, that shit would have been so cool the moment she walks through the damn door in his mind. That was cool. That's a cool concept, but it just looked so TV dumb. It was just yeah. dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it was. It was super, super dumb. Um, Then, okay, so uh, Charles gives Moira her memories back because she's the only woman he's spoken to in 20 years, I guess. Uh, Then sometime later, Gene and Magneto rebuild the school. Pietro decides not to tell Magneto he's his son just yet. Magneto says goodbye to Professor X. The young mutants train. They're not students anymore. They're X-Men. They do some practice fighting with Sentinels, and we roll credits. I... I don't understand why Pietro doesn't just tell him. In yeah, this either. in this moment, there should have had like a post credit scene of like, "Hey man, so uh, do you know my mom? Uh, she was a gypsy 
or something, mm. you know, like, cause that's like, yeah. she is, she is like a Roma wandering mutant in the she, comics. She was an Ohio gypsy. <laughs> Those Ohio gypsies. <laughs> like so many. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe it's a, the, the same situation as meeting your hero. Like you're afraid it's going to go badly. Yeah. You're yeah. They're going to be an asshole who doesn't care. Maybe. But I would so, I would say that that would be a nice way to seal yeah. his redemption arc of like you lost your family but you really didn't. Instead we get you oh, lost your yeah. family. Sucks balls, doesn't it? Like Yeah. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so I thought that then? was really going to be the thing. Like, oh, I do still have family. But Yeah. Right. Um in an after credit sequence, some guys from Essex Corp retrieve some weapon X blood. The and Essex Corp is uh, Mr. Sinister. As yeah. we know, and we never saw. Yeah. Well, good news is Disney owns Fox now, and uh, they can do whatever the hell they want with Mr. Sinister, and I trust them to make him look cool. Uh, yeah, he's. Sing. we don't see him, but he's a main factor in, in New Mutants, that fairly yeah. new movie. Um, they're they're being held by the Exus Corporation. Anywho. Yeah. I thought that so, was just one nurse, but I didn't watch she, it. She works for him, yeah. Yeah, um, I had two unanswered questions we haven't addressed yet. Um, one was, uh, wasn't Mystique Stryker at the end of the previous movie? Yeah, she had Wolverine in her yeah. custody what as Stryker. Did she take yeah. him to Alkali Lake and leave him there? <laughs> and then, like the real Stryker wandered back. I was like, oh hey, I got Wolverine. I guess like what like, the fuck? That's convenient. Uh, yeah. at their summer house at Alcohine Lake. Yeah. Yeah. Um and that the other the other one was when was Magneto in Ohio in the fifties? Like, yeah. he was searching for Nazis. Did he stop off in Ohio at some point? A famous Nazi was <laughs> captured in Ohio, but we talked oh, about this during right. Civil War. It has that's, nothing to do with That's right, that's right. Okay, good point. Good point. Yeah. So But um, that that very well may have been when it happened. Nazis are everywhere. It's true, <laughs> especially now. Yeah. Um, I want to get back to this archery bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, All right. So no, I, I have know. no unanswered questions because none were risen except, you know, it was all stupid and lazy. It was. Any any last thoughts before we rank it, guys? Nope. Yeah, no. All right. Let's, uh, let's take a look here. Um, I have highlighted for us other X movies. Um, our lowest ranking one that isn't Wolverine Origins is X-Men Last Stand at 66. Do we think it's better? Uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine is at 93. Do we think it's better or worse than Last Stand? Um, oh, we forgot to mention this. When the kids leave the mall, they just left an airing of Return of the Jedi. Yeah, and the third one is always the worst one. Wink at they the camera. Say, yeah, exactly. Um, I think it's in La Origins area. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's I as mean, bad as Origins. Maybe a, a tiny bit better. Is but... is this as bad as Batman Forever? Um, I think it's arguably worse. I think it's Batman worse. Forever. I think it's worse than Batman Forever. I think it's. I, oh, Kick-Ass 2, yeah. I think it's pro. I mean... Let's put it right next to Wolverine, man. Let's let's put dirt in this movie's eye. Let's put it below Amazing Spider-Man 2. 
We're at 93. All right. What uh, what do you think, Al? Yeah, that's cool. <clears throat> I I was still entertained by this movie as as, as dumb as it was, but uh, I don't know. That seems like as good a place as any. <laughs> all right. So if we're all good with that, then we're going to put it at number 93. Uh, it was okay. It was loads better than Origins Wolverine. Yeah. I thought it was too, but I, it, I have a hard time saying it's better than Amazing Spider-Man 2 also. Yeah. Same. It suffered in the same way as Amazing Spider-Man 2 did. And the same yeah. way that uh, Wolverine did. Mm-hmm. In a lot of the same ways. Yeah. Too much shit uh, and really lazy to make it all fit. Yep. So, all right. That's where that bad boy is going, which means uh, we are done with x-men apocalypse uh which means it's time to look ahead to next week's movie next week (laughs) yes the dread next week on harmless phosphorescence we will be watching teenage mutant ninja turtles out of the shadows i think they've been out of the shadows a good amount of time (laughs) yeah so yeah that's it. Thank you, everyone, for hanging out with us. This has been your host, Rose Smiley, and it's true. The third movie is always the worst, except when the fourth is the worst. We got Dark Phoenix coming, guys. Oh, man. <laughs> I'm Josh Cece, and what the hell is a mall? <laughs> I'm Brian Lesh, and I'm going to go touch my TV for some learning. <laughs> I'm Alaric Weber, and I still live in my mom's basement, but... Pff. <laughs> Aww. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.